up next, the Thursday edition of Astrological Metaphysical Radio. Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s. On KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative. Hello, Southern California. Welcome to the Astrology Hour with Farley Malaris. I'm having a wonderful day. I hope you are too. <laughs> yes, we are here. We are alive and well kicking on KFOX weekdays at 12 noon. I've got my Celeste side out. I am ready to go into the light. I hope you are ready to go into the light with me. Oh, these transits are so intense. I mean, come on. Uh, do you know anybody that's had a smooth week this last week and a half? Come on. You won't believe some of the things that have been going on in people's lives. I mean, all types of weird things are happening. We're going to do a topic today called the astrology of crisis, okay? <laughs> a lot of people might not want to hear this topic. Unfortunately, when you're human, Seems like eventually you are going to be confronted with a potential crisis situation. Of course, if you're into your higher self and you're in control and you're command of your God self and you're able to rise above it, if you are able to overcome the illusion of beginnings and endings, the fact they really don't exist, and of course dealing with crisis can be a lot easier. For example, you take people that place so much importance on life, they do, they're willing to do anything to preserve life, even go through crucifying surgery like bypass operations, for example, or radical cancer surgeries. And of course, it doesn't hurt for that long, they say, and then you have a few more years tacked on. But it makes you wonder, why do people put themselves through such traumatic experiences? Why do people put themselves through these experiences? Well, the answer is easy. It's rebirth. Actually, obviously, if you are in a position where your life is threatened and you are given an option, for example, to save your life or continue your life or extend it because people are saying, well, you're going to die. Actually, there's a little bitty tiny guy deep down inside of us that oftentimes says or wonders, is there really a God? And is there really life after death? And will I really be reincarnated? And actually, am I guaranteed a second chance? Or is this it? Is this my final whimper, my final flame, my burning candle in the universe soon to be out forever. And the part of us that is mortal, okay, the mortal shell, we talked about the body earlier this week, the body part of us is a part of us that is darn frightened, <laughs> out of its wits, frankly, to deal with any kind of finality or any kind of ending. So that's why hundreds of thousands of people, 200,000 people last year had heart bypasses and went through that crucifixion process where they cut you up the middle, I won't go through it, and, and they replace your heart valve. Some people die during this operation. A lot of people go through intense chemotherapy radiation and intense radical surgery to, to correct ailments to extend their lives. There's a lot of fear involved with dealing with death or with leaving or with finality or with mortality or with any kind of suffering. So what we do is we decide to go through the suffering in the hospital or whatever, oftentimes, in order to try to extend our life cycle. The problem here is that if you are fortunate enough to be an individual like myself who has had several astral projections, for example. Like we had a lady on the air yesterday that says, Farley, I astral project so easy, it's unbelievable. And, you know, I salute a person like that because once you are able to get out of your body, once you are able to project your astral body out of your physical body in a conscious state, 
You notice when your astral body is out of the body, you can see without your eyes and you can hear without your ears. You have a lot of your senses intact, even though you don't have the physical body, you notice that (laughs) that you do have the physical sensations. So an astral projection in that way is literally proof that there is life after death, or at least to me that there is proof that there is a differentiation or a separation, a uniqueness divided between the physical self and the soul of a human being. Now, knowing that there is a part of ourselves that can escape the body, that can have an astral projection, and that can fly free away from the body, are recognizing that people that have had astral projections know that at death, the silver cord is cut and the astral body, with the rest of the soul, of course, totally leaves the body forever and goes on to its next step. See, people that have had these astral projections have literally proven to themselves that there is life after death, that there is separation from the body and the spirit, and that therefore they have no reason to feel they're going to be eternally nothing, (laughs) which really is the fear that a lot of people have. See, we're talking about bliss today, okay? And people would like to think that many things in life are blissful, and I agree. There is a great deal to life that we can recognize as bliss, but frankly, from what I have studied of death, I've also come to the conclusion that what is after death may make what bliss looks like on this planet a turkey race or something. Because true blissful experience, from what I have learned, is delivered upon death and immediately following as long as you do know to go into the light. Now, isn't it amazing how many people are frightened of this experience? When my time comes, if it is not a sudden occurrence, you know, where suddenly my lights just turn off, which I think is a blessing, when people die like that, it's like God comes around and goes, hey, Farley, bam, you're out of body and you're dead and you're history. Like some of these people in these plane crashes are like the space shuttle. You, it makes you wonder that all of a sudden their end comes. <laughs> they didn't even have a chance for their nervous system to receive the signal that the end was the, to their brain. So obviously they probably don't feel a whole lot. Their body is just taken and their astral body is just expelled. <laughs> spewed forth, so to speak. But it makes you wonder that a lot of people that live their lives wrong, and a lot of times I do believe in the philosophy that how you live your life will dictate how you die, which means if you live a life of self-abuse and disrespect and disrespect of the world and disrespect to your body, then when it comes for you to die, times for you to die, then that's the lesson you must learn. You must experience all this negative vibration you have dished out to the world and to the body and to people around you, and therefore That's where the suffering and the choices remain. That's why a lot of these people that feel mortal, that feel sort of mini-atheistic or agnostic, that think this is their last chance. They're offered by a doctor to have the bypass and go through the torture and the life extension instead of maybe perhaps trying a pritikin or a holistic approach or exercise program, maybe retiring or doing something that could save or extend their life in a peaceful, comfortable manner. A lot of times they go back to the blade, another bypass, another bypass, another bypass. I know guys that have had five of these things. When, when it's time for you to have the sixth one, the guy goes, why don't we just put a zipper on my chest, right? But, you know, this is what society has come to. Society, especially in America, we're supposed to be a Christian Jewish nation, right? A Muslim nation or whatever we are, right? But when people reach their waning moments in life, when people do will reach death's door and they have one foot in the grave, so many times they are led to believe that this occurrence is going to be frightening and scary and that it is the end of you forever. And that is what leads us to go into these experimentations, these sufferings, these traumas with the American Medical Association, which makes billions of dollars, frankly, in my opinion, torturing people because they try to convince them that you don't want to die because what's about that? You're going to go be damned to eternal hell. You know, that's another thing. A lot of people are frightened because maybe they haven't lived their life right 
and they think that after death they're going to hell or they're going to a bad place. And, you know, it's funny that I'm not going to say it's not possible because from my teachings and from my training, I have discovered that there is another planet beyond Earth, besides Earth, and another galaxy that would make Earth look like heaven. (laughs) And believe it or not, people on that planet live and they grow and hope to evolve to qualify to allow them to live on Earth because their planet would be really recognized as a hellish state. And that is what I believe where the myth of hell came from, where people who can't qualify to goodness and humility and selflessness and sharing and generosity and philanthropy and humanitarianism and positive dharmic projection and creation here on this planet, if you live a negative life cycle, well, what does happen is you can blow it, receive a major soul setback, and then be sentenced to that other planetary existence, which in the Bible is called eternal hell. So in a way, there really is a reason why some of these people would want to definitely extend their lives and go through the radical surgeries or the radical changes from the American Medical Association to extend their lives. Why? Because they're being given a final option to absolve their karma and hopefully help them qualify to remain on Earth in their next reincarnation or maybe even beyond that to become a spiritual leader and evolve beyond Earth's reincarnation cycle to go to the next planet, the next higher level of consciousness, which is filled with love and light, rumor has it, and which obviously lacks possessions, obsessions, selfishness, cruelty, violence, and this is what rumor has it. This is what I have heard, that if you escape Earth's reincarnation pull, then you can evolve to another reincarnation existence that would make Earth look like hell and that planet look like heaven. Notice every step down seems like hell and every step up seems like more of a heavenly state because the soul receives grace and freedom. And we wonder where all these people go when they die. If good people die, if good souls die, hey, talk about bliss. They should probably graduate to that higher level of consciousness. So life is filled with rebirths and choices. Isn't it funny that good souls and people that are not frightened of death or what their actions have been in this lifetime, if you have lived a lifetime filled with mercy and no regret and forgiveness of self and others, then when it comes time for you to knock on death's door, a lot of times just by relaxing and staying calm and trying to remain holistic or nutritional or exercise best way you can to make your end as comfortable as possible, death in a way can be like taking a trip. That's the way I like to look at it. I like to say, well, this body is all worn out. And when this body gets all worn out and I'm old enough where where my soul cannot live in this host anymore, Farley, then what I'm going to just do is consider this house vacant and take off and go to the next level and chant my way into higher consciousness, hopefully, and get away from Earth's pull and try to make it to that more highly evolved, uh, more blessed planetary existence. A lot of people will laugh at me when I talk about this type of stuff, but I believe this. I've done lots of astral projection, lots of meditation. I've had some wonderful teachers of all kinds all through my lives, and this is what I've come to grips with as far as further truth in the metaphysical vehicle of this universe and beyond our concern. Because I see a lot of people suffering, and I see a lot of people who live their lives horribly, negatively karmic, lying, cheating, stealing, manipulation, power hungry. I was in that cardiac ward visiting my father last week, and when you go down that ward, you find those rooms filled with hard-headed, demanding, class A personality people that give orders out to nurses, and they still had the bypass and the heart attack. They are so angry. There is so much frustration and denial on that floor that being around those people this week and seeing that, I said to myself, wow, wouldn't it just be easier just to go into the light and cash your chips instead of having to go through all this and fight it? I thank God that I'm open-minded and not hard-headed, sometimes hard-headed maybe in relationships, but 
Philosophically speaking, I try not to be. I try to control my stress. I try to control my blood pressure through meditation. Watch what I eat. Keep that low-fat, low-cholesterol diet. You know, common sense will actually help you keep and protect a good heart. I also believe the heart chakra has a lot to do with it. The heart chakra is feelings for compassion. It's love for the world. And I feel a healthy heart comes from loving this planet and caring for this planet. A cold heart or a heartless person might be a person that can develop problems in the heart chakra, and that could be something that could develop heart attack. Now, in the astrology chart, I'll tell you something. When it comes to health, every planet and every sign rules a vital organ in the body. And many of them, of course, are connected to the chakras. And when you have planetary transits that can trigger health crisis, because the body is the temple of the soul, and the body is the vehicle for the soul, the body is subjected to the vibration of this dimension depending on what the choices the body and the soul make. So negative choices, wrong choices by us using this body usually create a negative setback, negative flashback that can come upon us as a crisis. Like an accident that we could get in where we could get hurt very badly, that could be sort of predestined by the higher mind to kind of throw us into a rebirth or shock us into a different lifestyle pattern. Works for some, doesn't work for others. Drug addiction and alcoholism, bottoming out there. There's another crisis situation. Heart disease, cancer, AIDS. A lot of these things diagnosed as incurable. I don't believe in incurable. I believe in the powers of God, and I believe it's your own will that can reverse something if you believe hard enough. But still, we're thrown into these crisis situations. And in the next segment of the Astrology Hour, I'm going to take a look at all the parts of the body and the parts of the temple of the soul, right, the vital organs of the body, that are ruled by the planets and the signs of the zodiac to help you understand when you do have a transit, why your health and your body are affected, why the temple of your soul, your body, can be thrown into a crisis situation, even a bad flu or bad pneumonia or anything that could make you bedridden and create a crisis in your life because you can't stick with your job, because you can't pay the bills, because you're not able to align to all this responsibility you've created. So this is one darned interesting topic for sure. So we're talking about the astrology of crisis. Many times, if not all the time, we are the ones that create crisis. <laughs> we are the ones that produce and direct everything in our lives. So anything we begin, any kind of beginning at all, whether it's a diet, whether it's a nutritional program, a career that could produce stress, a relationship that might produce stress, we are the producers and directors. If you are a type of person that eats tons of fast food, tons of salt, tons of sugar, lots of caffeine, alcohol and drugs, and then you all of a sudden get a diagnosis of cancer or AIDS or heart disease, it's no wonder. Because this society, it's been proven on cigarette packs, right? <laughs> high fat and high cholesterol from doctors, right? That this is the type of stuff that everyone knows that if you stick to these type of programs, that you are going to run your life down a road of crisis one day, health crisis. Now, so obviously we all are given the choice, even if diagnosed to have a dread disease or a health problem or possible surgery, many times using the power of your mind, in my opinion once again, and diet, herbs, nutrition, meditation, exercise, I believe that the body is a powerful temple to the soul and an incredible healing device. Actually maintaining and using your body in the proper perspective with the proper visualization, the proper sound and light that you might put into it, I believe and I have proven to myself that you can heal oneself. So life doesn't have to be that painful. Now let's take a look at the signs and the planets that are affected through hard transits that can create crises in your life that can eventually manifest a health problem. When you do have a serious health problem, 
then you are literally being directed by your higher mind to let you know that you are being shown something, that you are doing something wrong in your life. You're either not being nice to yourself and eating a bunch of crap, putting crap in your body, and creating health problems later in life is bad karma. That's why you get sick from it. So people with heart problems that eat hot dogs and eggs and cookies and candies and cake and salted peanuts that end up back and forth in the hospital over and over again, they're being shown something karmically. They're not loving themselves. They're not nurturing their bodies, and the body is rebelling. Now, first of all, the sun, also the Lord of Leo, is the heart planet. And the sun is also called a luminary. Some astrologers also refer to it as a planet, too. But Leo planets or the sun under transit or natal stress could show a potential heart karma or back karma. Hence the importance to be nicer to your heart and your back if you have Leo planets or an afflicted sun, either natally or transit. The moon, which is a planet that rules the breasts and the stomach, also epitomizes the vibration of cancer, the sign of cancer. So cancer planets or the moon under affliction stress in the natal chart or through transits could show a karma, but with a person not taking care of their tummy not putting the proper food in the tummy or the body, which, of course, can affect the breasts. A lot of women are concerned with breast cancer and such. That's why thinking positive and healing one's body and putting proper ingredients into it are so important. Obviously, if you're a woman and you don't want to get breast cancer or any kind of cancer, you probably shouldn't smoke, you shouldn't drink, you shouldn't have lots of dairy products, in my opinion, and you should always check yourself, of course. And also, Mercury is another planet which epitomizes Gemini and Virgo, two signs. A lot of people believe uh, Mercury and Gemini also rule the breasts and the arms and the hands, all right, and the shoulders and the lungs. So people with Gemini planets and afflicted Mercuries should be concerned with their lungs and treat their lungs with respect. And it's not an accident that the majority of smokers in the world have heavy Gemini aspects in their chart and also afflicted Mercuries. My dad has Venus in Gemini. He used to smoke a ton of cigarettes. My mom has a Gemini moon. She used to smoke a ton of cigarettes. I have Uranus in Gemini. I haven't smoked in seven or eight years. So people with Gemini tend to go to that area. Mercury and Gemini. Also Virgo, a very important vibration. And Mercury also rules the Virgo vibration. And that is the entire intestinal tract. That's why digestion and taking care of your intestines with plenty of high fiber and cut down on those dairy products, right? Keep that digestion flowing because... A lot of times, constipation and negative colonic health can create all kinds of health problems, including heart disease. I've read a lot about that. You must keep the colon part of your body clean and free-flowing, and that'll help improve your entire health system. That's why lots of fruit and veggies are important, and that's why meat sometimes can block you up. That's why vegetarians many times, I have found, are healthier in my experiments that have vegetarians are a lot more healthier people overall that meat sometimes can form heart problems and stuff. Now, also, Venus is a planet that rules two signs. The Venus planet will rule also Libra vibration or Taurus vibration. And Venus, of course, Libra or Taurus are very important planets because Libra, of course, rules the kidneys, and Taurus rules the throat and the thyroid and the thymus gland. And we do find that afflicted Venus or afflicted Taurus or Libra planets could affect the kidneys or the uh, throat area there, the larynx included, and at the same time, uh, transiting effects to these plants. See, not only do we have problems in the natal, natal planets afflicted, then you are automatically shown potential health problems to those planetary areas. But everybody goes through transits. 
So even if you have blessed planets in the natal, if you get a Pluto square to your Venus, it could mean a kidney problem if you're not drinking lots of water and staying away from the coffee and the junk that create problems in kidney stones and kidney infections and bladder infections and such. That's why people need to maintain their lives and their bodies better if they know they have afflicted part of their charts, planetary-wise, sign-wise, that could show vulnerable parts of the body. Important, huh? Mars is a planet that rules Aries, and the Aries vibration in Mars affect everything from the neck up. That means teeth, eyes, ears, nose, head, brain, skull. So afflicted Mars, also the sinuses area. I got a Mars in the 12th house. 12th house is the chronic house. 12th house shows visiting other people in the hospital and also chronic ailments. 6th house is you in the hospital and more serious ailments. So planets in the 6th house will show more of a powerful need to maintain the body to protect yourself from negative hospital visits, right? And 12th house planets could show more chronic problems. So I've had Mars in the 12th. I've had headaches. I've had eye injury. I've had, you know, I need eyeglasses. I did have allergies and sinus problems and all those things from the neck up from that Mars. So afflicted Mars or afflicted Aries planets could be that kind of karma. Jupiter, also Sagittarius, that rules the liver and the hips, including the hip bones. So those areas are affected. Saturn, also Capricorn vibration, rules the skin and the bones, plus the knees, especially the knees. So Capricorn planets or Saturn afflictions. Uranus or Aquarius vibration rules circulation. Very important, right? That's why Aquarians sometimes seem to have a lower temperature or be a little colder at the touch. Notice Leos are warmer and Aquarians sometimes in their body are colder because of that circulation karma there. And finally, Pisces, which is Neptune, the same planet that rules Neptune. Neptune afflicted or afflicted Pisces planets would be the feet. So, you know, you can check out your chart and see if you have any squares or oppositions to any of these planets or any of these signs to zero in on health, karma, that could produce crisis if you don't take care of yourself and absolve your karma, right, in the future, health-wise, or transits, squares or oppositions to these parts of your chart that could also show current health transits. I think that was a wonderful topic to present to you, the astrology of crisis focusing on maintaining the body, which is what we've been talking about all last week or two, And, of course, protecting the body, the temple of the soul, so the spirit can have a relationship with us and absolving that karma and being nice to the body, which is yourself, and, of course, reducing your karma structure so you can evolve beyond this lifetime. A great topic, and I hope you enjoyed that. You know, it just, I'm Farley. This is K-Fox. We're down to Beach 93.5 FM. We're here weekdays at 12 noon for your enjoyment and enlightenment and all that stuff. You know, I don't like pain, and I don't like to suffer, and I will not suffer, okay? I won't allow it. I'm not going to allow myself to get depressed. I'm not going to allow myself to go through any of this traumatic, emotional crisis situations. I'm going to try to live my life as peacefully and easily as I can. If there's problems, I'll try to maintain and make those changes. I can alter. I've seen lots of suffering and lots of death in my life. I have seen a lot of death. I probably know over 120 or 30 people that have died in my 40 years here. Friends, you know, relatives. I've seen a lot of suffering. I see the way people live and I see the way they die. It's not a pretty sight to see people die. And things can be done to change that. I've also seen people die good. Blessings. I've seen people pass in the light with no problem, no pain. They just go. There's a lot of ways to do it. And I'm not saying that people should worry about it, but before you know it, you'll be at death's door anyway. Life does go by kind of quickly. Believe it or not, It's just like being born. Dying is being born. You're just going from one womb to another. 
You're entering another dimension. Why not take on an attitude and a philosophy that death is an adventure and stop worrying so much and being so scared of it? And if you are worried about it, then learn how to do astral projection. Get out of your body and understand that relationship your spirit does have with the body, and then you won't feel so mortal and so finite. I love this topic. One of my favorites. Hi, Donna. Yes, hi. Double Capricorn with Cancer Rising, right? Yes, uh-huh. How are you? I'm fine, and you? A little spaced out from that topic, but okay. It was, it was great, Farley. I had another dream the other night, uh, a friend's chart. Uh, I sent him a chart. He said he didn't believe in astrology. And I had a dream that his Venus was trying Mars and something about Pluto in his chart. I'm going to visit him soon, and I was wondering if you could give me a general reading for him. You had a whole paragraph written out that you oh, could play two instruments at once. And, <laughs> When's his birthday? Um, December the 24th, 1951. Oh, this is his birthday? Yes, I just wanted a general reading for him. I'm really turning people on. Well, he has Venus trine Uranus, not trine Mars. He's got Venus square Pluto. Is this a boyfriend or a romantic yeah. prospect? Yeah, it is. Well, he was brought here. He came here to absolve lots of karma with lots of women. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. He attracts him with his Venus trine Uranus. And then he gets real intense and real extremist, and his moods come up that can be very either exciting or extremely painful from Venus in Scorpio and Pluto in Leo. And he's going through a heavy Venus transit next month when Venus will be on his Pluto in Leo and square his Venus, a Venus square Venus. So I'd be low-key with this. I'd be real patient and cautious with it, okay? Not the type of guy to fall deeply in love with yet. Okay. Is it coming up for him? Can a person with a Venus square Pluto ever really be totally happy? That's the question. Even if he gets married, is he ever really going to be convinced he's happy? That's a tough aspect. Oh, I see. It's a real nomadic aspect. It creates wanderers, a person that might cheat or be disloyal, someone that's never sure of themselves or their relationships often. Unless they are a total Christ-like entity, they could have lots of problems in that area. Okay? Great. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Ricky, my double Leo pal, she's been around for years. I love your program today. You are pretty soon. I'm going to see you after projecting yourself over Belmont Shore here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm at 35,000 feet. Now, you've been around for about how long? Three years? Yes. I started when your program first went on when I was working over in Long Beach in a lab, and I turned everyone on there. We were always on the phone to you every day. Did you want to ask me anything? Uh, yeah, uh, I guess just the basic, you know, as usual, all your predictions have been right. Uh, what do you call it as far as my daughter? She's leaving this month, going back with her father, and it's been an exciting summer with her. Your relationships are so karmic right now, I would hate for you to be too deeply in love with anyone for any reason. Really? You have a Mars in Cancer, yes. and you're going through a big Saturn opposition, a big Uranus opposition, and I wouldn't get too invested in anyone. I would be real patient, real cautious, and focus on Ricky more than anything. And that way, if relationships work, it'll just be icing on the cake for you, okay? Okay, Farley. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Hi, Chris. How you doing? Hi. Sag Pisces Rising, right? Great. I'd like to say that more people thought like you, this world would be a lot better place. You know, more than teaching kids reading and writing and arithmetic and all this crap, you know, foreign languages and sciences they'll never use, I would much more have classes teaching people how to live, about death philosophies, astrology, karma, metaphysics. If we could raise our children and explain the God self inside of them, can you imagine the generation of beings we could create on this planet? We're talking like God-like people, and a lot of the problems would be reduced. But you have this major bureaucracy block in education and in economics and politics, and we're just shackled by it. The only way it's going to change is for 
the masses to just have a rebirth. Sure. I know they don't do that in school. It's all just, you know, like you say, just academics. There's no classes on how to relate to people and things like that. Chris, I was so scared to die, you know, with all those war movies and turning TV on. People are dying every second on TV. I was so scared as a child. I thought, my God, I'm alive. That means one day I'll be dead. That means I'll be gone. It's like, ah! But it's not that bad. It's like once you get into astral projection, you realize that the body is just a vehicle and that the soul is really eternal. And someone said, well, Farley, you need a bypass. I'll go, well, I think I'll just take my tickets when time's up and get out of here because I don't see any reason in having to go through physical torture if it's not necessary to go through it. But everybody tortures themselves. They never stop. See people who have, they're just uh, like a heart attack waiting to happen and things like that. I look at them and go, oh, they're going to have a heart attack soon. They're overweight and they're smoking and drinking and eating wrong and stuff. I knew a guy named Ray. He died in his 40s. He lived on coffee, donuts, and cigarettes. When he went, he had an arrest that was so quick that there was no coming back. It's like he wanted out of here. (laughs) That guy went, Jim Dolce says, well, I have 16 cups of coffee with 16 packs of sweet blow every day and smoke once in a while. He goes, one day I'll be out of here like that too. But, you know, you never know. You know, you really never know. Sometimes, depending on how you live, you're not taken out of here so quick. What's your question, Chris? Uh, What do you see in the way of career for me? What are you doing now? Uh, I'm trying to become an actor. Well, do you have an agent? Yes. Uh-huh. Have have you gotten any, any headway yet? Uh, no, I'm just starting out. I've been trying to, you know, I've been doing little things here and there, but nothing major. I'm just uh, trying to get going here. Chris, I think you're going to make it, okay. and I think you're going to make it soon. And, and frankly, if something doesn't happen in the next 12 months, you might want to change your mind about acting because the lord of your career, which is Jupiter, is in Virgo at 1. You're having a Uranus trine Jupiter now, which is sudden fame. You're having a Saturn trine Jupiter also, which is career advancement. So you're shown major leap in career now. And because you're an actor, you're actually shown a real quick rebound here. And I want to know about it if you get something big. I want to be invited to the set of a big movie if you get it, okay? Sure. Good luck. Okay, thank you. Are you happy to hear that? Uh, Sure. (laughs) Are you just overjoyed with it? Yeah. When you go to an audition, you can say, well, Farley Maller has said, I'm a superstar. And if they've heard my show, they'll go, did he now? (laughs) Yeah, I always try to put a little meditation before a thing, you know, audition or whatever, you know, center myself. I'm into martial arts, too, so, you know, we use that stuff. Visualize yourself winning an Academy Award. Sure. Uh, What's in my chart that you see that? I was just curious. Well, your Pisces rising, Sagittarius is your midheaven sign, Jupiter is Lord of Sag, it's in Virgo at one, and anything that happens to Jupiter controls career and success. Okay? Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Alexis wants to know her Sabian symbol for 19 Taurus, right? Bye. A need to pull back from competition, a closer scrutiny of life around the entity, a forceful endeavor toward overcoming prejudices. Okay? Okay. Have a nice day. I will. Bye. Let's go to Holly on line four, Capricorn Scorpio rising. Hi, Holly. Hi, how you doing? Superior, and you? Good. I'm hanging in there. I'm... No, that's not a good... I know, that doesn't sound... Even if you're having a problem, you got to say, I'm wonderful and manifest the good, you know? Right. I'm wonderful. There you go. <laughs> um, the topic, crisis and endings and things, just really hit home. I was already on the phone, so that's going on for me right now. Okay, good. I hope you're better for it. So there's lots of beginnings for me, too. Mm-hmm. So I guess what I wanted to know is I need to get more into the beginnings. I'm having, I'm a little overwhelmed with um, the crisis at this point. Well, you are such an extremist. <laughs> it's hard to be centered when you're filled with love or anxiety. And Mars and Scorpio at 17, right on my moon, I am exactly the same way. 
And during these Leo transits, looks like you've been baseballed around here quite a bit. So you don't know whether you're up or down. When you have Scorpio planets, it's very important to try to claim space, to claim oneness unto yourself, to make yourself very important. You know, watch that self-esteem and, and to try hard to recenter when you feel yourself getting depressed or downed or irritable or unbalanced. So it's important to find a time in the day for meditation or for holly time, we call it, where you can make love to yourself in that way and become more high esteem and, and correct that anger or that anxiety or frustration that just happened. And that'll allow you to have more progress with your life every day, I think, okay? That's perfect. Thanks, Hal. Yeah. Real quick, I'm teaching children. What do you think? I think it's great. Just don't yell at them, you know. Be, <laughs> be patient at them. Don't get too angry with them because we know you could be like a dragon. Okay, thanks. Okay? Bye. Scorpio rising, Mars in Scorpio, Saturn in Scorpio. you got to be cool with yourself. Hi, Scott. Yeah, how you doing? You're Aries, Virgo rising, you just turned Moon 40. What? Moon and Taurus. Moon and Taurus. What's your question? Okay, well, things have been mostly emotional on an internal level. Nothing major on the outside except uh, I lost a good friend that I've had for, gosh, over 25 years. What happened? Well, it was uh, falling out with each other, basically trying to do things that are dharmically correct. You know, Scott, that's part of the midlife transit when you're 40 in astrology. Uranus goes opposition itself. It takes almost 40 years, about 41 years, for Uranus to go halfway around the zodiac from your birth. And Uranus rules friends. And you're not alone. A lot of people that turn 40 end up losing lifelong friendships or changing them because they're just not karmically sound. Well, you know, I've got Saturn, Pluto, Mars in the 11th house. You really got friend karma then. Yeah, Pluto's retrograde, Saturn's retrograde, and square my moon in the 8th house in Taurus. Yeah, so you're being hit real hard in that area. And Pluto's been dancing back and forth, squaring itself. Yeah, besides, I think you're having a Pluto-opposed moon. You're going to have a Saturn square Mercury, a Uranus square Mercury. you got Jupiter on your Venus right now. You're filled with tons of astrological energy. It's like you don't know what to do next. You don't know which way is up yet either. You got it. So, you know, meditation and prayer and affirmations and visualizations are what you should be into now. This is a real spiritual transit for yourself, and you're being told to get closer to Scott, love Scott more, and to nurture the spirit and the body of that spirit, your body, and this is a real important reformation for you. Mm -hmm. Okay? Okay. Thanks, Scott. Okay, thank you. Good luck. Yo, Jim, what's going on, dude? Hey, how you doing, buddy? The famous double Libra from another dimension. Yeah. <laughs> what can we do for you? Well, listen, I got five squares, okay, and one of those squares happens to be the Venus square Pluto. Congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> I have Venus square Neptune, which is a close second. Yeah. So, and God said, enjoy your relationships, Farley, whatever they may be. <laughs> and I said, yo, amen. Anyway, the question I have is on my other four squares, because they're all right around the first house, or first house, or right around the ascendant square, my midheaven. Hmm, and really? Midheaven squares aren't that strong, but what they are is they're frustrating. They prevent you from sometimes having the success you dream about or the success you need, you don't do well under failure. You know, when you have midheaven squares, you could kind of retreat or run away. Uh -huh. And also, obviously, there's a strong karma with any career you might attempt unless you're the director, the producer, or the one in charge of what you're doing. Right, okay. So because you're a double Libra, Jim, the best career for you is astrology or counseling or therapy or psychology. Okay, well, do you find that people with a lot of planets right around their first house are generally like maybe in unusual careers? Yeah, I do find that people with first house stress are people that need to do something that makes them feel good because their childhood was so painful, they need the rest of their life to try to be as happy as possible. 
They recognize pain at this point, and when they see it, they run from it. Yeah. Okay, guy? Yeah. See ya. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Hi, Claudia. Hi. You're the Capricorn Virgo Rise. What can we do for you? Uranus is transiting my fourth house. It is. I want to move. My mother needs to move because of health reasons, and we want to move up to the Seattle area. And this is going to change my angles from mutable signs to cardinal. I have a nasty cardinal T-square, and I want to know what kind of challenge I'm going to have to meet up there. I think the biggest challenge you're probably going to have to meet is concerning communications, reestablishing communications with new people, friends, career, relatives you might have up there, kind of resuming any communication with that, and also lots of details, tons of details, <laughs> millions of things you'll have to do. Career. I think the career will be an automatic thing for you because you look like a pretty self-starting person. Yeah. Business is a good area for you. Relationships, as we know, are a real growth area for you, so that will continue. But relationships look much better in the coming years. Okay? Thank you. Bye. Beverly, how you doing? Hi, Mallory. How are you? Did you get disconnected? No. Oh, you didn't? Okay. Uh, can what you can, hear me? Yeah, what can we do for you? Well, I have so many questions I'd love to ask you. My birthday, and this is my treat, is calling you. I got time for one. What, what would you like to know? I'd like to know about a love affair. The date is one twenty-six forty. Wow. Whenever you have anything in love that's stable, I, I'm optimistic, right? Two twenty-six forty. you said? Right. It's okay. his birthday. Yeah. How how dominant are you in a relationship? At this stage of my life, not really. Mm -hmm. He does have Venus and Aries, which is good for you. You have Venus and Mars and Leo, so there's a nice fire exchange, even though it's not an exact trine. What bothers me is he has Pluto and Leo on your Mars. That is square your Taurus planet, Uranus. He has Mars and Taurus on your Uranus, so it might be a Uranus attraction. And sometimes they are extremely infatuating. Occasionally, a Uranus attraction will work. But right now, it's something to be cautious with, in my opinion, okay? Yes. It could be wild and exciting. As far as romance goes, it looks wonderful. As far as commitment goes, I don't know, okay? I got to go. I'm running out of time. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. You're welcome. We'll see you real soon. Weekdays in the Fox at 12 noon. I love you all. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.